Hello, good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are, and welcome to Pulp Today number 30. Crazy. Uh, today we're going to talk about Richard Matheson. One of the main reasons I do these is evangelical, for want of a better word. It's not like Richard Matheson is exactly obscure, but he's not Stephen King, and I think that's terrible, terrible tragedy myself. Uh, Richard Matheson is one of those ghosts in the machine of pop culture. So many tropes, so many stories that you've seen told and retold a thousand times start with the great Richard Matheson, who passed away a few years ago. Um, I was lucky. I met him exactly once at the funeral of another great American pulp treasure, Robert Block, the author of Psycho, among a million other things. And that funeral was a gathering of a lot of the titans of the industry. I think I met Harlan Ellison there as well. But uh, Matheson wrote every other Twilight Zone episode that you really love. Matheson wrote the Star Trek episode where Captain Kirk gets split in two and we we meditate on the, the need for good and evil in every man. Matheson was a romantic. He wrote the books that Somewhere in Time and uh, What Dreams May Come were based on just a terrific writer, but the f one of the first encounters I probably had with his work was uh, the film version of uh, Incredible Shrinking Man, and I think that was the first time I went, you know, it's a ridiculous, it's a goofy premise. A grown man becomes a tiny little shrinking person, and eventually he becomes some small, so small that he realizes that the infinite and the infinitesimal are the same, and it's just, <laughs> it should be goofy. It shouldn't work a tiny little man being chased by his own house cat and menaced by a spider and all that but it is a as b pictures go it's a crazy little moving movie it's i i i'd recommend it and on top of that when i was a kid i just absolutely loved the omega man which was based on i am legend a novella he had written the first film version is uh the great vincent price in the Last Man on Earth. Every zombie movie you've ever seen grows out of Vincent Price, The Last Man on Earth, uh, George Romero's uh, Night of the Living Dead. If you go back and see the Vincent Price movie, the imagery, the feelings, it's, it's just taking Last Man on Earth and adding a lot of gore to it. It's a crazy little movie, but more faithful to Matheson's book in some ways than the bigger budget later adaptations, which include The Omega Man, which I loved when I was a kid, which is Charlton Heston in that same story. Uh, and then Will Smith made it under the actual title, I Am Legend. No one has quite yet honestly addressed the climax of the story and really presented it well. There's a hint of it in The Price. There's a hint of it in The Heston. There's a hint of it in The Will Smith. But no one's quite nailed it. But what I wanted to read to you from... I Am Legend, is a recent paperback of it today, is in Chapter 3, uh, the setup is that almost everyone on Earth is either dead or has turned into an actual vampire. And because we live in a world where vampires are fictional creatures, Matheson has to deal with the meta text of what happens when you find out vampires are real and it literally destroys the world. Uh, Romero's zombies, which are so big an influence on everything else 
you know, The Walking Dead and and such, uh, Romero's zombies come out of Matheson's vampires. So in this chapter, the last man on Earth who has escaped the zombie plague, the, the vampire plague, is actually reading, he himself is reading Dracula. Uh, and he has some reflections on it, which are pretty great. The strength of the vampire is that no one will believe in him. Thank you, Dr. Van Helsing, he thought, putting down his copy of Dracula. He sat staring moodily at the bookcase, listening to Brahms' second piano concerto, a whiskey sour in his right hand, a cigarette between his lips. It was true. The book was a hodgepodge of superstitions and soap opera clichés, but that line was true. No one had believed in them, and how could they fight something they didn't even believe in? That was what the situation had been. Something black and of the night had come crawling out of the Middle Ages. Something with no framework or credulity. Something that had been consigned, fact and figure, to the pages of imaginative literature. Vampires were passé, summer's idols, or stoker's melodramatics, or a brief inclusion in the Britannica, or grist for the pulp writer's mill, or raw material for the B-film factories. A tenuous legend passed from century to century. Well, it was true. He took a sip from his drink and closed his eyes as the cold liquid trickled down his throat and warmed his stomach. True, he thought, but no one ever got the chance to know it. Oh, they knew it was something, but it couldn't be that, not that. That was imagination. That was superstition. There was no such thing as that. And before science had caught up with legend, the legend had swallowed science and everything. He hadn't found any doweling that day. He hadn't checked the generator. He hadn't cleaned up the pieces of the mirror. He hadn't eaten supper. He'd lost his appetite. That wasn't hard. He lost it most of the time. He couldn't do the things he'd done all afternoon and then come home to a hearty meal. Not even after five months. He thought of eleven, no, twelve children that afternoon, and he finished his drink in two swallows. He blinked and the room wavered a little before him. You're getting blotto, father, he told himself. So what, he returned. Has anyone more right? He tossed the book across the room. Big on, Van Helsing and Mina and Jonathan and blood-eyed Count and all. All figments, all driveling extrapolations on a somber theme. A coughing chuckle emptied itself from his throat. Outside, Ben Cortman called for him to come out. Be right out, Benny, he thought. As soon as I get my tuxedo on. He shuddered and gritted his teeth together. Be right out. Well, why not? Why not go out? It's a sure way to be free of them. Be one of them. He chuckled at the simplicity of it, then shoved himself up and walked crookedly to the bar. Why not? His mind plodded on. Why go through all this complexity when a flung open door and a few steps would end it? For the life of him, he didn't know. There was, of course, the faint possibility that others like him existed somewhere, trying to go on, hoping that someday they would be among their own kind again. But how could he ever find them if they weren't within a day's drive of his house? He shrugged and poured more whiskey in the glass. He'd given up the use of jiggers months ago. Garlic on the windows and nets over the hothouse and burned the bodies and cart the rocks away, and fraction of an inch by fraction of an inch reduced their unholy numbers. Why kid himself? He'd never find anyone else. His body dropped down heavily on the chair. 
Here we are, Kitty, sitting like a bug in a rug, snuggly, surrounded by a battalion of bloodsuckers who wish no more than to sip freely of my bonded, 100-proof hemoglobin. Have a drink, man. This one's really on me. His face twisted into an expression of raw, unqualified hatred. Bastards. I'll kill every mother's son of you before I'll give in. His right hand closed like a clamp and a glass shattered in his grip. He looked down, delighted at the fragments on the floor, at the jagged piece of glass still in his hand, at the whiskey-diluted blood dripping off his palm. Wouldn't they like to get some of it, though? He thought. He started up with a furious lurch and almost opened the door so he could wave the hand in their faces and hear them howl. Then he closed his eyes and a shudder ran through his body. Wise up, buddy, he thought. Go bandage your goddamn hand. I am legend, Richard Matheson. The man was an incredible writer, was a factory of science fiction, fantasy, and horror ideas. Uh, just a giant in the creation of pop culture and pop culture mythology. My little tribute to I Am Legend and the Omega Man, called The Omega Man, a title that the artist uh, Dave Acosta came up with, which I am in love with. Dynamite Comics reached out to me and said that Cassandra Peterson, the real Elvira, wanted to talk to me about collaborating on a special. Maybe I was feeling very Robert Neville that day, but I pitched to her an idea uh, for the Omega Man starring herself, the last sex symbol on Earth, if you will. It's a tricky thing to make fun of a plague destroying mankind at this exact moment in time, and I am not unaware of that. But uh, let's just say it's more of a satire of how certain people have handled this crisis than it is of the crisis itself. The zombies in the story are poor unfortunates who have been convinced that the ingestion of a certain cleaning product will protect them from the COVID-19, but instead it turns them into orange-skinned, pale-eyed zombies. Just an idea. I don't know where I got it from. Complete science fiction thing. Anyway, thank you for listening. I know the last few episodes of this, the Beneath the Planet of the Apes one, the Mask of the Red Death one, they've had current events... Uh, shade to them. And man, I hope we're headed for a future where I don't have to keep commenting on this stuff every week. It would be nice to just, uh, just redo some stories and not be thinking about all of that every time. Uh, but here's hoping for a better, a better future. Have a good one. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.